Welcome everyone to the Sisters Stories podcast. This podcast's aim is to marvel at God's sovereignty over each of our lives as women and to encourage one another by sharing our stories. My name is Sophie and today I am joined by Anya. Hello. Hello Anya, welcome. Um, so first of all, can you tell us uh, who you are? Hi, yeah, I'm Anya. Um, so I've been at Cornerstone Church about 13 years now. Oh. Um, I'm married to John and I have two children, Theo, who's four, and Martha, who's 18 months old. Wow, amazing. And what do you do? Um, so I work for Commission, which is the network of churches mm. that Cornerstone is part of, and I'm in the finance team, um, just part-time working in the evenings at the moment. Right, great. Thank you. So we're going to talk about uh, your journey to faith and how you've been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in your life. So can you tell us a little bit about your family background and how you were brought up? Yeah, sure. So um, I was very blessed. I was, I'm so grateful that, I, that God gave me Christian parents. Um, so their faith was very evident. It was part of everything they did, everything they do. <laughs> and they lived out their faith in very practical ways. So mm. um, my brother and I were very um, clearly taught the gospel from a very young age. Mm. Um, and we just, we prayed a lot together. We talked a lot about the Bible. Um, so talking about God and Jesus and creation was just kind of woven into every part of our life really um just ordinary chats yeah <laughs> um and growing up we saw so many answers to prayer mm-hmm. um because yeah we didn't have very much money we didn't um um yeah have that much but that was actually really good because god was just um really evident in the way he provided mm-hmm. for us um so i saw lots of answers to prayer so on a number of occasions, I remember money just arriving through the letterbox um, in an answer to prayer. Wow. Or um, one particular occasion, I remember um, we needed a house urgently. Um, we were renting one that our landlady was going to sell. Mm. Um, and we all just sat together around a map. We drew a circle around our house and a circle <laughs> around our school. And we just asked God for a house in the middle bit <laughs> where oh, the circles wow. overlapped. And none of us doubted that he would because he'd always provided and he did. He just quite miraculously gave us a house in that in that bit. And my parents still live there to this day. Um, so just so there were so many, um, so many kind of examples like that that I could give. Mm. Just that I could see God was providing for us in very practical ways. Mm, that's amazing. And did you notice that from very very early on? Would you say, or was it something that? in a way, was so normal that you didn't really take it well, into account? I think I did think about it because my parents would pray with us, um, so the needs weren't kind of hidden from us, yeah. um, what well, some might, might have been, but we, it was all, we were all quite together in the, mm. the praying and seeing God working. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so where did you live at that time? Um, so that was in South End in Essex. Nice, okay. And so obviously you've moved around a little bit and and eventually arrived to Kingston. Can you take us through what happened next in your life? Yeah, so so as I've said, I had a very kind of secure home life. I had a very Mm. happy family. Um, I was was very kind of um, happy, but then also quite troubled as a child. I think I had Mm. a very lonely childhood in terms of um, I didn't really have a best friend. Um, I had friends, but not a best friend. Um, I was always kind of the odd one out. <laughs> we we didn't have a TV, um, not much of kind of the world going yes. to our home. So I didn't really have much to talk about with people my own age. Um, so I was always a little bit of an odd one. 
um, which I could tell, you know, as a teenager, you want to be kind of in the know and like everybody else. But I was just, um, I was just kind of crippled by that fear of what people thought of me, really. I, Mm. um, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't talk much (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't know what to talk about. Um, So I was a bit lonely um, so God was a, a great comfort to me during that time. Um, I did have a very personal relationship with God, I would say, mm. um, at that time. But I did have a lot that I hadn't sorted out yet about my Christian faith. I got a lot wrong. So I thought um, I needed to please God, like I was desperate mm. to please him. Um, I knew that I would never stop being his child yeah. but I thought I had to please him and I kind of pictured him as this disappointed dad um who would always be kind of loving but disappointed in me and I would feel intensely guilty for anything I'd done wrong it would kind of haunt me for days or months um mm. um so so yeah I I hadn't got got all my faith kind of sorted by that point yeah um mm. Yeah. Would you say that even if that was the case, you knew clearly the gospel? Yes. Well, yes. So I knew that Jesus had died for me and mm-hmm. had saved me, and I knew that I was safe. I, I'd never doubted that I yeah. could fall away from him, but I doubted how pleased he was with me, if that makes sense. I see. So yeah. I was really kind of constantly living in this kind of guilty mindset. Mm. That yeah. So I guess I didn't really know that Jesus had died for all my guilt. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I still thought I had to kind of please him. Yeah, or even if you did, maybe it didn't quite add up in yeah, that way yet, yeah. at least. Or, yeah. or I mean, it's tempting even after we've understood that to when we fall to really feel that guilt and to be really drawn by that and drawn away from Christ's sacrifice and the grace he has provided for us really yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. okay would you say there was a specific time when that fear of not pleasing God went away or or was it kind of a gradual thing or what happened really um so I think I think probably um it was when I came to Kingston eventually that Mm -hmm. um I changed um so I was kind of stuck in a rut in my home life I didn't want to go to uni at first because I was too scared of leaving home (laughs) I didn't really know what I would do um I was such a kind of little shadow I I didn't dare kind of go out in the world by myself um but then eventually I did um I did come to Kingston um I found a degree course that really grabbed my attention um and so kind of through lots of answers to prayer I did eventually come here um and the reason I came to Cornerstone was that I I was looking for um, a church online my dad was helping me he's good at that sort of thing um, <laughs> and he said well why don't we just contact the church and see if they need there's any girls in the church that need a house share mm. so um a few girls did and so I moved in with them and then it was kind of natural to come to, to Cornerstone. Wow. That's really nice yeah. who did you live with? Um with Ali who's um who left a while ago and Emma who's still here. All oh, right okay. <laughs> oh nice lovely um what did you study at uni? Um, so I studied embroidery, which yeah. is quite a niche kind of degree, <laughs> which is why I um, that really grabbed my attention. I'd always wanted to do something creative, but I wasn't brave enough to go into fashion or art. Or It was all the kind of bold, creative types that went into those mm. things. Um, and I was too scared to do that. So this kind of sounded like my way in um, to the creative yeah. industry. So that's based in Hampton Court. Mm. Um, so that's why I came to Kingston. 
Right. Did you actually use that in in an actual job afterwards? Or yes. Yeah, so did, I am. Yeah. Um, I became a freelance embroiderer. So oh. I was working in different fashion houses wow. um, for a few years. Um, yeah, but then eventually I just. <laughs> it was my dream job on paper, <laughs> but I just quit because um, the glamour soon wore off. It, the superficiality of the fashion mm. world really got to me, yeah. and I just couldn't stand it much right. longer. So I just quit. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so obviously you're you're married with two children. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you met John? And yeah, yeah. So um, I was um, I was at Cornerstone. John was at Cornerstone, yeah. and we'd both been there along the whole of our student life really but we didn't really get to know each other until after I graduated when we did the three peaks challenge which is oh yes I remember this story I think (laughs) (laughs) climbing three mountains in 24 hours um so we saw each other at our worst during all those practice runs and during the actual thing so um yeah we kind of hit it off after that really nice (laughs) great um okay great um so we've We've talked quite a lot about your childhood and how your faith developed quite early on. Um, but I guess talking more about recent times, um, was there anything um, that you learned, especially maybe when you arrived in Cornerstone that you hadn't encountered before or yeah. something that really helped you? Yeah, totally. Um, so I do think my kind of Christian life um, changed a lot at that point mm. um, and my, my whole life changed a lot when I came here not just the independence that I got but just a new way of looking at God mm. um so all the people around me for the first time there were people my own age who just loved the Lord who were mm. um really gripped by the Bible who could see that he was working um that God was working in their lives mm. um and I just remember one sermon particularly quite early on when I joined about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees um, Mm. which doesn't sound very evangelistic but um that really stayed with me just how um how I'd never been honest how I was such a hypocrite Mm. um I'd always kind of presented this fake version of myself I was so keen for others to see how good I was um and that just wasn't true and it was just crippling to be living under that um and trying to present this a fake version of myself um to god and probably to myself as well mm-hmm. um and that um that honesty suddenly became the key just to to be um honest about your failings and to be honest with the lord about your failings mm-hmm. and to let others see that and to let yeah. others help you um and i think that was really the turning point i think that kind of um that fear of what others thought started to fall away a mm-hmm. bit when i realized that um you know god loved me that that feeling of the disappointed dad suddenly <laughs> faded away and i knew he wasn't like that at all yeah. <laughs> that he loved me so much um and he was um loving me even more when i failed you know he was there mm-hmm. to pick me up and start me over again um and he'd already died for all those failings and it, that was just such a breakthrough i think mm-hmm. um um, and that really helped me for the first time ever to start sharing the gospel with people. Mm. Um, I'd always kind of wanted to, and I I also felt guilty that I wasn't. That was one of the things I felt guilty about, um, that I wasn't telling people about Jesus. But suddenly I really wanted to because I'd, I'd felt this real mm. joy and relief um, that he could give. Um, so I think at that point, that's when I was really um, mm. starting to share that with others. Obviously, yeah. it's still hard to do that. Yeah, it's but, very hard, isn't yeah. it? Um, 
would you say as well that because you were less focused on what people thought about you that also enabled you to do that a bit more freely yeah totally yeah. because before I wouldn't even say my own opinion on the latest pop song or anything I just say <laughs> I don't know because I was too scared to give a wrong answer but um hmm, which is yeah. just stupid isn't it you, um, yeah. but yeah but so I think suddenly that really helped and also the that being at university um people are a lot more um open to hearing ideas I think people have all left home they're yes. all kind of thinking things through for themselves mm. suddenly um it was a really great opportunity to grow in that kind of mm. um area yeah it's quite interesting how nowadays you have to have an opinion about everything yeah. and you have to have the right opinion uh which can be really crippling for people yeah. and I can see that and I see myself actually not commenting on things sometimes because I know my opinion is not the right opinion yeah. which is a shame because that's where we can sometimes make a difference and show that we are trying to be consistent with our beliefs yeah. and living our lives for Christ really um okay that's great uh thank you for sharing that that's really encouraging actually to see that evolution of someone who knew the gospel but didn't really feel that freedom that it brings yeah. fully at least um yeah oh that's amazing so obviously we've had some odd few years <laughs> um and um you've had martha in that time yes, as well yeah. so can you tell us a little bit where you've learned uh in these last couple of years yes definitely <clears throat> so um a lot <laughs> um so i think well we had theo four years ago so the kind of the start of parenthood um changes you a lot anyway um mm. um so i we learned a lot about god in that time um when he was very young so i think just we grew a lot in the knowledge of god as our father by mm. becoming parents ourselves um but then martha brought a whole new set of challenges um mm. not least because she came in the pandemic but she was born um well just throughout my pregnancy really um i had there was a lot of complications mm. um the consultants were quite worried about her development they thought there were quite a few different conditions she might be born with that were quite um worrying mm. um so that drove us to a lot of prayer during that time um that was all during the pandemic we discovered she was on the way just as lockdown started so we couldn't <laughs> even tell anyone in person yeah. um so yeah that was um yeah that was hard um but it drove us to a lot of mm -hmm. prayer during that time um and then at 30 weeks um so 10 weeks early my waters broke mm -hmm. and that was obviously a shock as well <laughs> um so we expected Martha to be born then of course but um the prayer warriors at Cornerstone were activated <laughs> um, people were praying for us from church our parents friends even my mm -hmm. nana's care home everyone was praying for Martha wow. um she stayed inside me for another month um and then she'd stopped growing so at that point she was born mm. she was induced um but amazingly she only needed to be in hospital a couple of days mm -hmm. um and then the following six months was incredibly incredibly difficult she um screamed every time i tried to feed her mm -hmm. she would scream and scream and scream and she was tiny and she wasn't growing so that was incredibly wow. painful mm. um I think I cried that whole six month period, <laughs> um, but the Lord brought us through it somehow. Um, it was hard because it was the lockdown, but I couldn't have gone out anyway mm. um, with that kind of baby, really. <laughs> um, yes. And 
so that was kind of a blessing that I couldn't go out but it was also hard yeah. because people couldn't just pop in um, but Cornerstone were amazing we had meals on our doorstep every day for a whole month mm. um, that was incredible the family that we we have here um, it's just such a witness um, mm. to how wonderful it is to be part of a church family um, so what was I going to say um, yeah that really saved our sanity I think <laughs> Um I think we prayed, I, I would pray every 10 minutes for the strength for the next 10 minutes, I think. In some ways, I'm glad we had that time because it was such a kind of intense crash course in relying on God for strength. Mm. Yes. Um, I really did pray a lot. Um, and I thought, I'm never going to stop praying like this. But then obviously, when things get easier, you do forget mm. again. Yeah. So it's good to talk about it, actually, because it reminds me of how, how much I need to pray. Um, so that was hard um, and then at three months old we had another trauma so she needed emergency surgery one night mm. um, I'll never forget that night I had to um, face it all alone because Theo had COVID oh, right, yeah. at that time mm. and that was in the peak period um, we couldn't get a doctor to come to our house for the whole day so they mm. wait, we waited all day with her um, and finally someone came they would hardly come near us Martha was screaming I couldn't hear him through his mask it was just uh, all very traumatic wow. yeah. and then I had to drive to an unknown hospital at midnight in the rain <laughs> and as you know I hate driving I'm scared of driving <laughs> so that was pretty traumatic with my baby that needed emergency surgery um, so but it was strange I had this uh, I was uh, I had this peace about it. It was really unnatural in a way, but it was divine, I think, mm. um, that I knew the Lord had us in his hands. Um, he would look after my baby and he would look after me. Um, and that peace has kind of stayed with me since then. Um, obviously, I was worried and I was um, exhausted, um, but that peace was there underlying it all um, mm. and it just at that time I really noticed the difference between those that have hope and those that don't yeah because all of our friends were very kind and very loving but the messages that were coming from our um, non-Christian friends and family were, were really kind they were they were super kind but they were just saying oh you're having such an awful time I'm so sorry for you I'm sending you good thoughts yeah and which was, is quite funny because yeah. it's their equivalent of prayer really exactly. but which is quite interesting I was thinking well yeah. what good can your good thoughts do I mean it's very kind of you and thank yes. you but that can't do any good that can't do yeah. any good um whereas people that were praying I knew they were calling on help and strength from someone greater than themselves yeah. And that just has really stuck with me. And that really has spurred me on to want to share that hope with them because I was the one in the awful situation, but I wanted to share the peace with them. Mm, um, yes. I knew that nothing could shake God's plan. You know, I'd had all this foundation since I was small. Mm. I'd seen God working. I knew his fatherhood, his love for me. And I knew he, he, he would have been good even if yeah. the worst should have happened, if you know what I mean. That's if right, yeah. the worst in our eyes would have happened, he would still have been good. Yes. Mm. Yeah. As yeah, as I've seen for all the stories I've done so far with so many women that all these circumstances we we don't understand at the moment. But as you're saying, you really experience that peace yes. in that moment, which is yeah. such a a, a, bless, a blessing for God from God, really. And and then in the future, 
when you remember that, it's such a precious thing to to remember and you know remember God's faithfulness throughout your life as well. Yeah, exactly. I think those hardships are such gifts to me and John. Mm. We look back on them, and that's in the comfortable times. That's we need to keep remembering those times because that's when we really knew that God was with us, and not to stray from him when things are easy Mm. because it's so easy to kind of think you can do it all on your own when you really can't yes exactly yeah Yeah. um i was going to ask you the last question which is what advice you would give to younger christians i feel you've given so much advice already (laughs) though is is there anything you would like to add or yeah um i think prayer is so powerful um genuinely yeah don't go it alone ask people to pray Mm. because there are times when I've hesitated oh should I ask someone to pray for this it seems such a small thing but actually it's so um so worth sharing your prayer requests ask people to pray because you're you're enabling them to be part of seeing that answer and it kind of bonds you together and it gives them greater faith because they see God answer um I'm I'm kind of quite disappointed sometimes if a friend hasn't told me something that I should pray for because, um, you know, it, it's I'd love to pray with you and see God working in your life. Um, and, yeah, I've seen so many answers to prayer, well, throughout my life, but particularly in the past couple of years um, when our home group has prayed, when our Bible study, women's Bible study have prayed. Um, it's just been a wonderful um yeah strength to know that Mm. other people are praying for you so yeah yeah people to pray (laughs) and it's actually such an encouragement for the people who have prayed for these things to see the result of that and to hear to hear god's answer afterwards as well yeah Yeah. and for martha like seeing how many people prayed prayed for martha um and how many would have been encouraged that today she's doing better and you know that she's she's growing and yeah. she's healthier yeah, now she's a very normal child now <laughs> that's great yeah that's amazing thank you so much for sharing your story with us Anya and um, and thank you for listening everyone uh, that's it for today's episode of sister stories but join us again next time